0: Is this is my 10th year who can believe it's been so long When I came here I had 2020 vision now I've got hardly any vision when it comes to seeing with my eyes that is but um, I've got some quotes for you can we pop the quotes up I love I love quotes they are really awesome. One from Paul Scanlon. don't put small people in charge of big things because the gap between the big role and their small mindset will be the size of the drama you'll have to manage. How's that? If you ever have an opportunity... We had Paul Scanlon here last year, last May. If you ever have an opportunity to hear Paul Scanlon speak anywhere, do it. Because he just... All day long, he's just saying things like that. It's just like, wow, wow, wow. Um, The next one, Brad Lominick. Do you want to grow, improve and expand your leadership? Then seek to rid your organisation of internal and external selfishness. That's a really powerful one there so I've got one more that's not on the screens and and this is one from a guy called Bruce Thielman he says we hear and see things not the way they are said or written but the way we are and sometimes we misinterpret life around us because we're we're judging things that are spoken uh, by what's in us not what was meant by someone else so just be encouraged by some of those things and um, somewhere down that I was going to put some of my own quotes up there, but you know, a little bit, a little bit corny, but but they're awesome too. <laughs> Let's just pray, get some anointing here again. So just bow, ahead, bow your heads with me. and Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray tonight that so, something from what I say will really touch the church, that something that what you've put in me will be transferred tonight in a supernatural way so that we as a a group, a body, may step forward into the plans that you have for our church, the plans that you have for Port Lincoln, and for the Eyre Peninsula, and for South Australia, and for the nation, and for the whole world. So Lord, I pray today that things will just be uh, deposited, put in, into uh, the fertile soil that we make ready for you tonight. And Lord, may your spirit move mightily in people today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk tonight on, on Uh, A supernatural culture shift. I haven't called it supernatural, I've just called it spiritual culture shift today. Uh, On the weekend, Pauline and myself went to uh, visit another church and uh, there were so many things I saw from an outside perspective um, that that you often can't see in your own church because you're there all the time. But uh, um, some of the things that I I could see, I thought, well, yeah, that needs to be addressed, that needs to be addressed, and sometimes in our own environment, uh, especially when we're in a congregation, um, we, we can see certain things, but there are other things that are about us that we don't see. And, and things like tonight is all about making us better. So hopefully um, something of what I speak on uh, hits home to you. But I want to talk about a spiritual culture shift. So um, one thing I, I know, uh, I just mentioned before, this is our 10th year that we, we are entering, Uh, One thing I know, we used to have lots of space in our car park in 2010, but we don't anymore because something changed. Uh, Multi-1, who remembers Multi-1 and Multi-2 never had any ceilings. Um, In Multi-1, I think nearly half of it was filled with old chairs, all stacked up on top of each other. Well, the chairs are now gone and that's full of kids because... Something changed. Something shifted. It's full of children out there. Things have changed over the last few years. Physically and culturally within the church, things have changed because there's been a shift. And I believe we're we're still in that. I think we've always got to be uh, ready and willing and living in a culture that is always shifting. So... Our vision, so hopefully you can share the vision with me tonight. Um, We'll just, you know, if you've memorized it, which I believe most of you all should have, and it's on the screens too. So so let's speak it out together. Our vision is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. And i have put on the bottom there, that statement will be matched by our reality. Because we want to be a large, relevant church. We don't just want to be a large church. And you could argue we don't want to be a large church and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? Then we're not going to see the best that God has for us if we just want to stay small. Because we'll stay small, um, uh, irrelevant, immature, unbelievers who don't love our community. So that we don't want to be any of those things. We want to be what our vision statement tells us. But our next season is going to be a cultural shift, spiritually and supernaturally I really believe that and sense that even seeing how many people are here tonight tell me that we are in a shift season this would be the most we've ever had to a to a heartbeat night and and I just want to thank you all for coming out tonight and being part of One Heart Church so the question I have for you tonight is what's next for One Heart Church it's a good question what's next for One Heart Church I'll tell you, this question really isn't answered by you, uh, it's answered, sorry, by you in asking what's next for me. So we can be thinking, well, what's next for the church? What's the plan? Tell us, tell us what's going to happen. You know something? The answer to that question is what's next for me? So just say that quietly to yourself. What's next for me? Because it's a good question to always be asking God. Because I, I, I love seeing the car park packed on Sunday. I love seeing children's church rooms full of kids. I love seeing church uh, having uh, more and more chairs put out. I love seeing that. Um, and we can get lost in the corporate kind of issue of what's happening all around us. But the answer to what's next for One Heart Church is when we can answer the question, what's next for me? And it's, a, it's not a, a, a rhetorical question. It's a challenge question. Proverbs 2 verse 10 says, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. So you know what? To to walk into the next that God has for us as a church, for you as a person, is to be filled with wisdom and knowledge and joy. You know, there's there's a scripture in the Bible that says, knowledge puffs up. But love actually builds a church. So we don't just want to be a church full of wise people, full of wisdom that says, gee, we're smarter than everybody else. And, you know, I, I know how to fix everything. And I could, I could do the church better than them. And I could do Welcome Team better than Con. And I can do, I can do all this sort of stuff. And, why, you know, how we, how we uh, do everything that's all wisdom. But I believe we should have wisdom that enters our heart and knowledge and joy. So I want church to be a happy place, a glad place, a place people want to be. Because it does something in their soul, in deep in their spirit. But um, onto our our theme this year of supernatural. It's not just a just a theme. Now I don't know if that will last for two years or ten years, but I just sensed something deep in my spirit um, over last October when I got away to be with the Lord uh, for a few days in this dumpiest hotel in Adelaide. Um, I should have I should have I've got pictures of my on my phone. You you think people wouldn't stay there? But when when you see something advertised for 80 bucks a night, you think, oh, I'm going to stay there. And when I got there, I thought, no wonder, they should pay me to stay here. But living in the supernatural, when the worst things happen, the best comes out of us. So you might have all these ideas about what supernatural means. You might think, well, supernatural means we're going to do some really stupid things and weird things in our church. No, I don't want that kind of supernatural. I want the kind of supernatural that when the worst things happen to us and around us, that we just we just uh, uh, dig deep into God, and the best comes out of us. So to know what's next for the church, it's not going to be buildings. So we can be we can be preoccupied about all these things. It's not going to be buildings. It's not going to be targets. It's not going to be KPIs. It's not about all those things. This is what it's going to be. It's what we uh, it, it's that we live closer and closer to Jesus. See, my eyesight's getting worse as I speak. It's that we live closer and closer to Jesus, that his voice is what we hear, his promise, his covenant, are what drive our security and our future. See, a supernatural culture shift will bring correction to our direction. The goal of the church is to see people saved and discipled and we want people to find faith in Jesus through the church. So we can all go home now because that is what we're here for. We need to write this down, maybe take a screenshot, take a photo of that. Uh, put, is that on? Have we got that next one on, please? Here we go. The supernatural culture shift will bring correction to our direction. And the goal of the church is to see people saved. I'm saying this again because we often forget that. The goal of the church, to kick a goal as a, as, as a church today is to see people saved. That's our goal. That's the that's the game plan. That's the reason. So you might think you know it's it, it's it's so uh, obvious when someone doesn't realize that because they're focused on all the wrong things. They're worried about all the comforts, all the things that, that are nice and comfortable for them, for their experience, for, for what how they think life should be and church should be. They're concerned concerned about all those things, but they're, they're not concerned about people being saved and discipled, because we want people to be disciples of Jesus, not put their hand up in a meeting and say, You're now saved. Now, now we just tick that off on our on our statistics. But we want people to find faith in Jesus through our church. And so I want I want people to think, I know I can bring my family here and they're going to hear. The message of jesus clearly i want to be able to bring my friends to church my neighbors people who i know when 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 i know what they need is an experience with god i want to bring them to one heart church and know they're going to experience jesus for themselves so culture shift starts with you so i'm going to challenge you tonight but you know one of the things that i often think of in the bible is that that blind man who jesus spat and made mud and put it in his eyes because you think there's a perfect opportunity to say, I'm just offended with Jesus because he, he was just plain rude to me. Because Jesus said, what can I do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to see. And he went, pff, pff, and st- just stuck mud in my blind eyes. How's that supposed to help? And Jesus said, now go and wash and, and go to the poor of and wash and, and you'll be healed. So he did it. But you know what? I think there's a lot of Christians around today who stop at the point where they got the spit in the eye. Because the preacher spat in their eye, not literally, but because the preacher said something that, that offended them because they said, but, you know, I've had people say this to me, were you preaching about me? I'm thinking, well, probably if you're asking me, yes, I, I'll probably just might as well say, yes, I was. <laughs> so if you ever say that to me from now on, I'm going to go probably yes. Yes, I was. Because I, ha- I had a, a, a little electronic bug in your house and I heard all what you were talking about. No. But, you know, people walk away from the call and purpose of God and they're they're next because somewhere in the mix of life they got offended and instead of going and washing that off, saying that offended me, but it's what's going to heal me. Because sometimes the, the very things that hurt us that happen in church are there to propel us and to heal us to the next that God has. He could have just gone home with the mud in his eyes and just said, well, you know, had a story, wrote a book, How Jesus Hurt My Feelings. I'd rather read the book that said Jesus healed his blindness. So the culture shift starts with you. If you want to be in the same place as you are right now, somewhere in the future, keep doing exactly what you're doing now. Keep complaining like you're doing now. Keep keep. Uh, negative like you like you've always done. Just, even if you're doing good things because I always I, I'm, I'm great at, at honing in on negativity. That's just my natural thing. But even if you're doing things good, you could still be doing good things in five, 10, 15 years time, but God wants you to go to better. Keep doing things exactly as you're doing now. God is always calling us further. Faith demands we go further. The Holy Spirit always leads us further. Going further, keep ourselves focused on the further, uh, the further advances, not on comfort now. So it might be comfortable for you to say, well, I just turn up at, at, at 5 to 10 on Sunday. This is comfortable for me. because so I've worked all week. You don't understand how busy my life is. But you know what? You'll be doing that in 5 years and 10 years 15 years time. And you go, here I am, Lord. I've missed my time. I saw life pass me by, and i 'm still in the same place and i 'm not, I'm not satisfied, but going further, keep ourselves focused on the further advances, not on your comfort now. sometimes hold back uh, sometimes we hold back on the call of God and the next that God has for us, because we worry about what others may think. so there are, there are junction points in our life that we come to every now and then, junction points where, where we could choose. One way or another, and you come to those in ministry where to go on with Jesus, you have to leave something behind. Uh, Sometimes that even means leaving some people behind, leaving some relationships behind. Now, if you're married, that's not a good one to leave behind. I'm not meaning that. But you need to have, good one, BJ, you need to have a spiritual culture shift in your life at those junction points where you say, you know what? You know, I, I used to love going to church uh, going to church and then after church going with the gang to McDonald's and hanging out and talking about everything we, that, that, that we, we uh, want to share about our opinions about everything and about what we're not doing right and what we could do better. We speak about all those things, but sometimes when God wants to leave you further he'll, he'll say, "I want you to disconnect from from that group. These are hard things to do sometimes, but they're, they're the way forward to keep stepping further into the plans that God has to, to the next thing. I want to go to Nehemiah 4 verse 12 to 14 today. I'll give you the background of the story story. Nehemiah was called by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The walls had been broken down, the city was in, was in um, complete breakdown. The walls were burnt uh, burned as well. everything was was destroyed. And so we're coming into the story when the wall isn't complete but the enemies are circling. the enemies are threatening the city of Jerusalem, that's only half got the walls up. So I'll pick up the story from uh, verse 12. It says, The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords and spears and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters and your wives and your homes. So I want to just just give you three points on that scripture tonight that I hope will really help us propel forward into uh, uh, a, a shift spiritually, a shift supernaturally. First thing I want you to see, this is not the first point, but but it, it came to me later, you've got a value building on the same wall. Value building the same wall. And there's a lot of people in church who just never get the concept of value building the same wall. When I use that term wall, I'm meaning the church. So we have a lot of times where people, yeah, we have a thing called connect groups. We haven't had them in this church for a long time. I, I'd love to see them happening. But, but often people go, well, there's not, nothing happening right here for me. So they start a group, but it's actually called a disconnect group. Because when it doesn't come under the authority or the framework of their local church and under the authority and all that sort of stuff. Now, I'm not a control freak. I can't control my wife, let alone the whole church. I've got that. I know that. So just settle that right now. I don't want to control your life. I don't, I don't want to do that. But I want to see a strong, powerful church. And, and the things that happen if we allow ourselves, we are sowing in disconnect points by saying, I'm more important than anything else. So I'll, I'll put a little club around myself, a, a little gang. And next thing you know, because I've been in church, for in leadership for 30-odd years. I've seen some stuff. And oftentimes I've seen people saying, well, we're just have a little Bible study. Can't go wrong with Bible study. Or praying together until somewhere down the track they're going, oh, we're just going on picnics at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. And so their little connect thing has become a disconnect thing. That doesn't help build the church. And, And... Jesus is passionate for his church. Now, if you want to do those sorts of things, you do those things and you have your friends and that's all great, but you've got to always have that in, in the back of your mind, how is this connecting to build a wall that brings makes a place of safety for other people who don't know God to come into a community that shows the world how life ought to be? That's called church. Anyway, that was different. That was off, off the notes here. But the first thing, the Jews who lived near the enemy they knew all the wrong things. So getting back to Nehemiah, the Jews who lived near the enemy knew all the wrong things. So they kept bringing reports of fear and they were constantly in tune with what the enemy was up to. So it says there, the Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they'll come from all directions and attack us. See, they know what the enemy's planning. They know the enemy's schemes because they're living right next door to the enemy. So... In their backyard, the enemy's cooking their barbecue and they're saying, Look at those, look at them building that wall, look at them do, in that church. We're going to go, we're going to destroy that church. We're going to wreck that place. We're going to go in and gate crash their, their next worship service. We're going to destroy it. But those who live with fear, with insecurity, and all those kinds of things are living too near the enemy. So if you're constantly living in fear, thinking, well, how are we going to do this? Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if God's really called me. Uh, and, and we're living with all these kinds of things. Then, then I'm going to challenge you tonight to say, when I leave church tonight, I'm going to evaluate where I am in life. And am I living? This is a question for yourself. I, I need to challenge you with this. Am I living too close to the enemy? Because I seem to know all his plans. I seem to know all the things that are going to go wrong. So we think, well, i never step out in ministry because I might fail because the devil's saying you can't do that. I don't want to I don't want to give up my my tithes and my offerings and giving giving support to the local church because I might run out of money. You're living too close to the enemy. So it's possible we live close to the enemy, we hear the voice loud and clear and struggle hearing the voice of God. If you're struggling hearing the voice of God, please, you've got to, you know, this is for your future, for a a supernatural spiritual shift in your life. You've got to say, well, how come I struggle to hear what God wants of me? How come it's so hard to try and understand what, what I ought to do with my life? How come I can't see the difference between an opportunity and a distraction? See, these people needed a spiritual culture shift. And you need to know God's plan, not the enemy's plan. Our desire is that that we have a closer and closer relationship with Jesus, that his voice is what we hear, his promise is what we hear, his covenant is what we hear. Because that will drive us to security in the call of God. If you've got no security in the call of God, I bet you've got to start taking some steps closer to Jesus. You've got to start saying, well, you know,' church on, on Sundays, week by week, generally, is not an option. Well, if I feel like it, I might. The other thing that, that, that has to happen to in valuing building the same wall, it, I, I had a great word for it, but it wasn't commitment or was something else, but I can't remember what it was anymore. So I'm not that smart. But I have to use the word commitment, but that's a swear word for a lot of people. But, but to grow and plant yourself is a powerful thing to to know what God wants from your life because when you're planted, he'll speak to you. Be driven by God's security, not the enemy's insecurity. Second key, verse 13. It says, Nehemiah placed guards at the lower points. So there is no better time to pray. There's no better time to worship together to stick together, than to be together, than at the lowest points. It's great standing at the top when the job's done, having a celebration. Yay! look what we achieved here. But we're, if we're ever going to reach that point, depends on how we do in the lowest points. Spiritual culture shift changes things. A spiritual culture, ship sh- culture shift changes, I just had a bad thought then, but... I won't say it. This is recorded. I might say it at the very end. But right now, we have in our church we have plenty of low points. So this is not a rah-rah kind of a meeting. But it's but I want to gather people who can say I want to be part of the future. I want to be part of what 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 can really change the city of Port Lincoln. But we've got plenty of low points. We have plenty of high points too. But because I'm 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 bent to my negativity and you might be able to help us in some of these low points so we're going to station guards that means we're going to fill the gaps so administration at, at this point in time in our church is at a low point we need people to help us in administration in in, in our um, office area do, doing the books that's a low point that's a, that's a low point right now the, the building for alliston is a low point right now kids church leaders is a low point right now Musicians is at a low point right now. Landscaping and gardening is a low point right now. Multimedia is a low point right now. Old folks ministry is at a low point right now. Although Josie's doing a tremendous job, but she needs more helpers. Sorry, Josie, I'm not knocking you on that. I'm just saying that we need more workers there. See, so all these things that, they're they're at low points. Now, I don't want to offend anyone if you're thinking, but I'm on multimedia, I'm doing all my best. We thank you for that. I'm not saying that. It's saying that that we could do with more. That's all I'm saying. So so as I said before, people often interpret what's in them and they go, oh, Pastor Rob, not me, I'm never going back because he said multimedia and I was doing my best, peddling as fast as I could. No, I'm not meaning don't stop doing that. You're doing a great job. We just need more helpers to help you. Does everyone understand that? So let's guard the low points. So hearing Jesus, uh, maybe he's calling you to step into a low point here in the life of the church. Now anyone can do it for a a day or a week, but what Jesus calls us to is is putting our hand to the plough and not giving up until the job's done. Not giving up until we see things complete. See, what we guard turns into our high points. What we just ignore and leave, turns into the point where an enemy can rush in and take the whole thing apart. Third thing, verse 14. Nehemiah says, don't be afraid of the enemy. And I'll just add to that, even if he lives next door. So one of the things I learned in school bullying 101, bluff people to be scared of you. It works. And that's what the devil does. He wants to bluff you to be scared of him. But it's only a bluff. Sure, the enemy has a plan. He always has a plan. But this was Nehemiah's advice to the people. He said, remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight. So that word remember would be better interpreted. Get to know, get acquainted, move closer to the Lord. Strengthen your relationship with Jesus. You may have to do a bit of moving to do this, but... But the closer you move to Jesus, the further away you'll be from the voices of the enemy that are trying to keep you afraid. There's so many people who you think there's so much in them. There's so much potential. There's so much gift from God. There is is just so much within them. But somewhere there's a voice that they're living close to that says, no, don't you step out. You can't do it. The pastor doesn't even like you. You know, it, It doesn't matter. I'm I'm so blessed with Breeze who who the the Lord spoke to her and she came to me and said, oh, Pastor Rob, I've got something for the over 50s. I said, make it over 55. I'm not ready for that yet. (laughs) But that's how Prime Movers came because God spoke to Breeze. She came to me. We had a talk. I said, that is awesome. Put the age up a little bit and, and, and it'll just keep going up every five years. But you know what? That's a blessing point. And it's, it's, it's putting something in a gap. It's filling a gap. One of the things about bad culture in church, I'm just diversifying right now, um, bad culture in church often happens and we don't even realize it. One heart church, I want to be a unified church. A unified church is a strong church, is a real strong church. Not a not a smoke and mirrors strong church. So, one of the things I saw the other day that there was a cultural thing in a church was that that um, there was people on leadership board members on the church, and and uh, they're, they're, they have a moment in the church. So all the kids go off of to kids' church. So you know, say see your kids off you go, and they go, all go out. But I, I notice there's certain families and their kids don't move. Their kids stay right where they are. And and, and their, whatever night they do their youth services, their kids don't do that. Not because there's stuff they don't like about it. You know something? That's disunity. So if you're in a church and they have a kids' program, if you're in this church, then, then, then to me it's not an option. You put your kids in the kids' ministry. Because no matter what you, however way you want to dress it up, maybe you're in the wrong church if you don't want to send your kids to the kids' church program. Because you're going to be sowing division into... The fabric of the church that that you think you're trying to build, but you're not building the same wall. So if you, you now honestly, if you think, no, I've got all these biblical reasons why, then you find a church that believes the same biblical reasons why you don't let kids go to kids' ministry and go there. Because we believe in kids' ministry, because I know that we want to see children in a peer group that that ministers to their level, that that is that is engaging to their to their lifestyle. And I want to honor Mariah and, the, and and Annie and the other kids workers who do a great job week by week thinking about what they're going to teach these kids, thinking about engaging programs. And there's people who say, oh no, we're not putting our kids out there. They're going to sit with us in church. I grew up in church because we didn't have a kids program and I used to hate it. I'm thinking I can't wait till I never have to go to church ever again. I'm gonna burn the building down. I don't want to go to this stupid place. But but we've got to we've got to understand the, the, the tools the devil uses to destabilize unity in the church. And so we need to be wise. And when someone says, Oh no, I don't send my kids to kids church, you've got to just say, hey, you know, they might not get to me and tell me that. But but they might talk to you and you say, hey, you know what? It's really important for your family. And we've got We've got a strategy in our church that we, we looked at a few years ago that we were thinking, where's all the drop-off points in our church where we go, but we're seeing kids who stop coming to church because they, they went from, from kids' church to youth and then there's a gap and they didn't make it between the two and then we stopped seeing them all together. So we started saying, well, how do we bridge the gap between kids' church and youth? And now we've got one up. And that's bridging the gap. And now they're going from kids' church to one up. They, they they're getting a, a culture going and they're getting a a, a a a vision of God and the call of God upon their lives. And then then they're going into youth and we're not missing them anymore. We might miss some, but we're not gonna totally blow the lot. But that's why we do it. We want to have we want to plug the drop-off points. And now we're going from church to seniors, so that's what uh, that's what uh, prime movers. We're trying to plug the gap so we don't lose all there. <laughs> no, not at all. Anyway, how do I get to that? But you may have to do a bit of moving to be closer to Jesus. You may, you might have to move your attitude. And here's look, here's one. I don't want to be offended. I'm not, I don't want to offend you. I'm not looking at anybody. But I challenge you, a move sometimes. I, I promise I'm not looking at anybody. A move sometimes in church can be as simple as I'm not going to sit where I always have. I'm not going to sit where I always have. And as your pastor, I've been here for, for nearly 10 years and you'll notice I never sit. I'll, I'll sit near the front just for practical reasons. But you know what? I'll never sit in the same seat two weeks in a row because I don't want to go church as the same. I sit in the same place, to see the same things and I get annoyed by the same things. And, and i tell you what, when you're a pastor, there's plenty of things to be annoyed about. Heaps of stuff. Keep moving. I'm in. But the key here is remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. See, that's something to remind ourselves why we do church. Remember the Lord. That's why we come to church on Sunday, because we remember the Lord in our life. So spiritual culture shift gets our attention on the right side or gets our attention on the right stuff. And it's tragic to see those in church who don't seem to know what side they are on. It's a tragedy when there's people who are in church but you, you know, there's nothing different with their language. There's nothing different with their values. There's nothing different with the way they, they see the world. That's, that's a tragedy. Number four. After all those things, then Nehemiah says, "And fight." Two words, "and fight." He says, "Fight." Going just picking up from that last bit, choose the right fight to fight. In Galatians 5:15, it talks about you know talking about church fights, you know, where where people are, are fighting each other in church. That's not what we're fighting. We've got to fight the enemy. The enemy's real and we've got to stop wasting energy fighting each other, fighting within the church, causing divisions, causing strife, causing disconnect groups and start saying, we're going to fight the enemy, we're going to to build the same wall and we're we're going to have a huge connect group that's going to change the city of Port Lincoln. He says, fight. Have the right motivation to fight. Fight for each other. Fight for your families. There's some practical things. Support what's going on in the church. Support the ministries and their leaders. That's a great way to fight. Support the ministry and their leaders. Right now, Jimmy and Beth are, are preparing to have two babies. But you know what? Support, their, support them as leaders. We've got you know Josh with youth and Mariah with Kids Church and Annie in, in little little links. Is that what, what do we, if we call it? I don't even know what we call things. Con with the, with the welcome teams. Um, other people who do things all around the church in the sound desk and multimedia. Learn to honour. That's one of the big things I notice in churches I go to, a lack of honour. Now it's often a a pastor will say, uh, and church might be good at honouring their pastor and honouring leaders as such, but we need to honour one another and spur each other on into good works. Don't discourage someone from wanting to, to move closer to God. Don't discourage someone from going into ministry. And unfortunately, people have done that here, where someone goes into ministry and people go, well, who do you think you are now? You're not telling me. I, I, I think the rubbish bin needs to go there. And so they have an argument over where the rubbish bin is, is put. It's happened here in this church. But he says, fight the right fights. So support what's going on in the church. As I said earlier, if you have kids, get them into the programs for kids. Our fight is done ultimately in our prayer. We need to learn to pray together. It's good to pray together. And every Sunday morning we have an opportunity. Every single week, 9am, we come together for prayer. It's only 10 minutes, but at least it's something where we come together and pray. And uh, I encourage you to come and join with us at at 9 o'clock Sunday mornings. After that, 10 past 9, go go to Macca's, get a coffee, enjoy yourself, play on the slides, and then come back. But prayer is a powerful tool to fight the enemy. Pray together. Pray with us. Get up early. Say, God, I'm going I'm to fight with my flesh. I'm going to be there early so I can pray. Discovering the power of prayer. Not about what we see in the natural, but according to what God sees in the heavenly supernatural. Pray according to that. So we might see the lack. We might see the gaps. We might see the holes in the wall, but we've got to say, God, I'm praying that those gaps will be filled. God, I'm praying for administration. God, I'm praying for, for good people to lead various departments, whatever that may mean, and be praying into the things we can't see yet. So maybe um Jimmy, if you could just play something for me. In Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, This is the way. You should go. And then it says, whether to the right or to the left. See, the most important thing for us tonight is that we individually know how to tune our ears to the Lord and know his lead. To so know his lead. So what's the, the, the direction, the, 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 the shift we need in the church is for individuals to start to get serious with that purpose of God in their life. To know what's next for the church. It's not not targets or goals or buildings. It's that we live closer and closer to Jesus. That his voice, his promise, his covenant are what drive our security to trust God to step out for him. That's our future. Let's not be limited by our limitations. Rather, let's be unlimited by our limitless God and the opportunities he puts before us. I can tell you right now, there are so many opportunities that are put before me. I've got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm saying nearly every week, we could do something here, we could do something there. And I'm talking about outside of Port Lincoln. So many opportunities on the Air Peninsula. I'm just going, man, I don't even know if we can pay the bills this week. Not because the church hasn't got money, but because we haven't got anyone to do it. have lots of money in the bank but a lot of bills never got paid that's why I'm I'm saying that because we need to understand that sometimes the thing that you could do is limiting what the church can do so when you say well you know what I, I could give an hour and a half I could give an hour I could do something in that area that means we could we could do more for people who don't even have a church on the peninsula. So let's not be limited by our limitations. I had to repent of this at our fasting and prayer time. You might have heard me say it again, but I often would say, Oh you know, when opportunities came, an opportunity would knock at our church. So there's an opportunity over here. There's people need some ministries that people need. Need someone to go and help them. I go, whoa, you know, board, you know, ministry team. Got to know our limitations." I'm living really close to the enemy he's saying no your limitations Rob no your limitations you can't do everything I'd say words like this I'm living so close to the enemy and I started to say whose voice am I listening to always back away backwards carefully and God started to convict me saying stop saying what you're limited by do you know me or not Oh, I don't want to be—I don't want to be confessing our limitations. I want to be confessing the limitlessness of God, so that we can do all that God has for us. So every opportunity that comes, we can say yes. We would love to be there. It would be great tonight if we would give ourselves to a spiritual culture shift. we Be saying, "I want to be in the supernatural shift." I want to to shake off the limitations. I want to take one step away from that loud voice of limitation that speaks into me. I don't want to be known for living near the enemy. I want to be known as a righteous man. I want to be known as a righteous woman. I want to be known as a person who stepped in the gap where there was was a, a gap in the wall and stood with my church and built the same wall. How's that? Align our hearts. Adjust our thinking. Adjust our believing and we will see God's best. will not you stand to your feet with me tonight. And if you will, I'm just going to pray a declaration over us tonight here in this place. And perhaps you could you know, raise your hand as a sign of um, you want to be part of this. And if you don't want to be, that's okay. You can put your hands in your pockets. We're not going to judge. But it would be great if we could get commitment from people today, if we could get a response from you today to say, Jesus, help me to value the same wall as everyone else here in this place. Help me to see the need. Help me to see the air Peninsula the way you see the air Peninsula. Help me to see the lost in Port Lincoln the way you see the lost, Lord. And we're going to pray this declaration together. And perhaps you can declare this I don't want you to say this just because you you might feel like everyone else is and if I don't say it I'll I'll, I'll be embarrassed but I hope you can say this from your heart today three things number one and you can say this with me after I've, I've read it then we'll say it together I will defend the low points number two I will move away from living near the enemy say that so that I can be closer to you, Jesus. And number three, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. Lord Jesus, I just pray today you've heard the declaration of these people. Lord, I pray that tonight's declaration will not be just something that we said because someone told us to. But I pray for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to come down upon people in power tonight to cause something to stir within our hearts cause there to be eyes to see Lord God the the gaps in the wall the the ways in which we've been causing disconnect groups in our church and saying God I want to be a person known for bringing the walls together I want to value building the wall here in this church we're not responsible for what happens outside of here but we are responsible for what you've given us. Lord, I just pray that we are responsible with the gift that you've given us, the things that we can do to stand and guard that broken down parts of the wall so that they become our high points. I confess that and believe it over people here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. i just got a word for someone here tonight just as we're in this atmosphere you've been hearing me you've been listening to me and you've been thinking you know what but right now things are happening in my life that just don't make any sense things are happening in my life and I just think the gap in the wall. maybe it's in your family I'm not sure You think of the gap in my life is just so wide I don't know how I could ever make any difference you know something that's why there's a whole room full of people here today so what you've got to do is sometimes just start talking to people, getting other people around you, and saying, "Can you please pray for me?" If it's a marriage thing, you say, "Just be, don't tell everybody. Just tell someone who's who who you know is is reputable, and someone who is who is honest, and someone who is spiritual, someone who can lift you and help you." Because sometimes you reach out to help, and they pull you into the hole they're in. That's not going to help. Then you're both down further. But find someone who you can say. I need some help. Will you pray with me? Will you stand with me? Will you believe with me? That's the thing. Get someone who can believe you out of that hole. Believe with you for a better day. I haven't got anything else for you tonight, but, but um, perhaps you can take something of what I've said and apply that, and let's see a supernatural spiritual shift in our church that is going to propel us into the... I don't know, just into some amazing things and into some amazing places. And just go away from tonight. Just say, Jesus. Help me to see the opportunities in my life. Help me to see the places where I can be a connect, a connector. I want to be a connector in. Because we want to build a, a strong wall, a safe wall, so that when people come in, they can meet Jesus. They can feel safe. They can they can find their way to the Savior through our church. And that's what it's all about today. And and you know, the whole Air Peninsula needs help. So many places all over the place. No churches, empty buildings, discouraged people that are left. You know what? We could be the church that when they're turning the lights off, we're turning the lights back on. So we want to be that. God bless you all tonight. Thanks for coming out. I really appreciate your time.